Welcome to Aphrodite's Prince podcast. I'm Vince Kelvin. Tonight, we're addressing uh, what is the number one mistake most tend to make that causes them to fail at escalating properly. Well, it's very simple, and from there, we're going to talk more about thriving with tens, as well as the post event. We just did a masterpiece of education above and beyond when it comes to the art and essence of threesomes. This is the number one resource for social success with a very unique angle based on the guidance and teaching of Aphrodite. Aphrodite makes it clear the symbol of Aphrodite is a shell. You can be fooled by the flesh. You are not to seduce the shell. We are all humans. And the major core challenge is that we don't remember that. So we are addressing women as if they are only the shell, the beauty. It destabilizes us. It causes us to not be our true self, but we are about to remedy. So what is the number one mistake that comes in the way of escalation? Is to not understand that arousal precedes, um, uh, no, uh, arousal, forgive me, here I am stuttering. <laughs> arousal is the result of subtle escalation. Understand it that way. Whatever a person might not be willing to do initially will completely change once they reach a proper place of arousal. So the key is to not treat it from a place like it's business and you first need to get to a level of agreement before you start to take steps that will be arousing and will lead to that place of agreement. So most have it backwards. They want too much too soon, and the key is to break it down into little steps and to not be fooled by what comes first. So we further it tonight. I was just teaching a world record of ours over the weekend. If there's an immediate question to help with the direction of the call and to also elevate the dynamic, I'm happy to take it. So simply voice it right now. And if not, we'll further the distinctions made over the past couple of days as we're already preparing for the next event. So three, two, one, any quick question that come up, comes up from the get-go? So let's further expand on that number one mistake. Men, we are often omitting the fact that female arousal is very different from ours. And women do the same. If you're a woman listening right now, you are to realize that male arousal is very, very, very different than yours. That's why oftentimes you think that a guy is just a good friend, and then you're surprised realizing that 
he wanted more than being just a good friend. And then he goes to weird places because you did not understand male arousal. Guys, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been in that position many, 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 many times, hopefully never again. So being mindful of that. Know that we have two tendencies as men that come in the way of properly arousing a woman. First, we tend to be ready when we're ready. If we like, that's sufficient for us. While for a woman, it's a little more gradual. So that leads us to tend to crystallize what she initially does at the level of the initial interaction. If at first she doesn't appear to be very responsive, oftentimes we think that it is what is. If you knew how through time, how often I just turned around and there was a girl that most would have thought she's not responding at all. And I would repeat what I was saying. You repeat it a little softer. You ease your face. You ease your body language. And you say, no, I was just saying you have interesting fashion. You probably didn't hear me. Or, you know, I know what it's like. You're on the street. People are talking to you. But I'm being very genuine here. And then suddenly, the same person that most would have thought, wow, she's not responding. Oh, wow, you got blown out. Same person would go, oh, 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 okay, yeah. Now, at that time, if I think that's all that she's giving, again, I'm missing out. So commit to not be fooled by what comes first. Of course, if it's a strong no, then it's a strong no, you need to also be able to differentiate that. Then there's always the tendency also to tend to want to come to that place of agreement, but it's backwards. Now, you should never go against a woman disagreement. We're not suggesting that at all. Yet, we should be mindful that to want agreement too soon is omitting the fact that female arousal is a little more gradual. So instead, focus on what arouses a woman. Uh, us men, um, we can be very graphic and we tend to move in one direction. So women can also be very graphic. You know, it's often been said that if two girlfriends talk about their sexual experiences, they might even be more graphic than Guys, maybe with a touch less ego, meaning less bragging about it, but more about what happened. But that's not necessarily how they get aroused. It's a little more subtle. And then the other distinction is that for us, we tend to move in one direction. So typical, the guy will look at her, want her, think only about that, and send energy towards her and try to move towards her. That's too much in just one direction. It's essential to counterbalance it. Typical example, talk over the shoulder. Half of your body is directed away from her and you are talking over the shoulder versus all of you in the same direction. There's quite a few colors on the line. And I would love to begin to interact with you guys. What questions would you have, requests, or any angle you want me to cover, something you want me to touch on?
Well, until it comes up, what we're going to address next is everybody. I would absolutely love it personally. I would be the first one standing in line if they were quick fixes. This weekend, for example, we addressed the idea of being able to have a genuine, organic, mutually beneficial experience of a threesome, whatever the dynamic might be. Now, if there was a way where, hey, you simply say this, do that, and it's happening, I would absolutely love it. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about tens. A woman whose beauty is out of the ordinary. If there was a way to, oh, with a 10, simply do one, two, three, you're in. Again, I would be the first one in line. But make no mistake, that near addiction to a straight line, a quick solution, is not going to bring you what you want. It's deeper, it's broader and it consists of many more angles than we know it. Nevertheless, it's absolutely, totally, and completely possible. So we just had a remarkable live experience where I was there with a couple of girls, and I did demonstrations during the program of how to begin to, to bridge it. Yes, there are different situations. There are situations where we know it's on from the get-go. Then just surrender and allow it to happen. But more often than not, it's not on from the get-go. So the majority of guys out there, the problem is that they hope to go from talking to kissing or more. You've got to have layers. And as you stack those layers, you move closer to that. So when it comes to a threesome, there's got to be a dynamic of three interacting beyond just a conversation and before reaching a sexual point. There's so much that can be done. The first thing you pay attention to are the different combinations. So if you put three dots on a piece of paper. One combination would be each of the dots is by itself. Another one is you circle two of the dots, and one is by itself. That gives you three options at that level because you can have two, uh, three sets of two and one, and then all three together, and then each one has a back and forth. For example, one can direct two, or one can observe two, or two can direct one, or two can observe one. So the awareness of those combinations blend with uh, something that is more than a conversation. Examples would be uh, a massage. Uh, you massage her, you massage me, I, ma I massage her. We, we do a little triangle and massage all three. It's interesting because the two girls that were present during the event, uh, I've asked them for ideas and they came up with so many ideas of activities, and by activities, I don't mean go camping or go to a fucking concert because you're too far from a location where something could happen. I mean, simple little things that uh, can be done at the time. We did a little channeling so the fingers were connected. Uh, 
each, uh, each person's pinky was touching the other person's pinky. So those ideas are very essential. The reference was phenomenal. I'm going to make a little clip for everybody to get at least a glimpse of it. And then it's also applicable for when you are with one woman. One woman, you know, the problem is you got to have something in between just the conversation and then what you want at the level of something more sexual. So if it's more interactive, if it involves more than just talking, if it involves touch as well, but touch that is out of the context. So that's the best way to start to bridge it. Meanwhile, it will be a wonderful time to start to voice your questions. What questions would you have? Gentlemen, there's quite a few of us on the call here. Hey, Vince. This is Akash. Yeah. I've got a question. Please, Akash. This, thank you for stepping up, by the way. You're awesome. Yeah. This weekend, I was uh, texting a bunch of girls on Friday night and, um, and had a couple coming, uh, texts coming back, and a bunch of others didn't, which was fine. The... I was getting mixed up between the numbers and I had them saved in my phone, like the different names and such. But uh, I was out in field and I was talking to a bunch of people and then I would be so engrossed in talking to people that I would forget my phone. And then I would look at my phone, like I would be going back and forth between how do you balance um, being in field and being with the others around you and being very like there uh, yeah. with, uh, with the girls who you're texting as well. Uh, I had lost a couple uh, potential interactions with them as a result of, of being present with the others that I was out in field with. So just any uh, insights you might have there. I would recommend that you treat it differently. It's a beautiful question and it's a quality situation. One tendency we all have is we make tremendous headways and I'm the first one who tends to do that, maybe not with pickup or maybe not with all aspects of my pickup, certain aspects. And then we go, we make headways. We're better equipped and we're better positioned, but we go back to presupposing defect. We presuppose that uh, there is a defect that's present. When uh, a superior frame will be one of only utilization. So I would not assume that the solution is balancing that. I would keep it as is, but go through it from a place of that's even more potent, that's even more perfect. Why, everybody? Why? Think. For a moment, you are a hot chick. You are interacting with the world and you're texting people at the same time. If it's really urgent and imperative that you're present with the phone, not only most likely you would know it, you also would act on it. If it is not imperative, for example, she would go, oh, wait a minute, it's my mom, or oh, my, my girlfriend... Sorry, I need to quickly text her. We also all know us men that many women would not have the courtesy to say, oh, give me a second, forgive me, I'll be right back, I need to text someone. They probably would start texting 
right in front of you and be unbothered whether it bothers you or not. So, but at no point would the person think that, oh, I need to gain more balance for that. It might be at the level of managing time. It might be at the level of uh, not forgetting an important appointment that they would go to the frame you're going to, but they would just flow with it. And that's why they would be in demand and they would make other people a little more dependent. Now, they wouldn't wrestle with the dependence and the fact that some might not reply, some might just leave. Why? Because they know that there's enough demand. So that's what we must match. Oh, it's happening perfectly. Don't go against it. Flow with it. Then it will also help you to further erode any sense of loss, the illusion of loss. My current experimentation, which is really forming itself more strongly, will be to truly not ever, which is a big task, so I set the bar high and I'm certainly not meeting it currently, nor bind myself to meet that 100%, but I'm also open, if you look into the world and history, at what humans have been able to achieve, why would we set a ceiling and a limit to what's possible? So, to at no point go back to reactive, or if I'm there briefly, to not draw any conclusion and no longer buy into the illusion of loss. To stay with one idea in mind, that it's flowing and that it's there. Now, here's what's happening. The more I pay attention to that, the more I realize how often, priorly or even more recently, I was the one complicating. And not because I want to complicate, not because I'm working against myself, but because I too often buy in an illusion that, of scarcity that because I'm not doing this or it's not happening, I may be at loss. So to bring it back to the initial question, you are a beautiful stage and level right now, Akash, where I would not worry a bit about it. On the contrary, I would just play with it. And uh, you have many options. Your mission would be at the level of inner game that you let go of the illusion of loss. And this is great. It will trigger a little bit of your fear of missing out. But that's an illusion. And then you play with it. If, let's say, you forgot to text one girl back, don't assume. It's you making the decision in your own head. I know because I've made that decision before. That it's not the better thing. Because maybe on her side, she's waiting for your text. So take that liberty, the liberty that they also take. If it's a person that's fairly reliable normally, suddenly you, re you realize the most organic way to do it would be at some point you grab your phone and you realize that you have not continued the thread you had started, so you continue it at that time, if convenient for you. If as you're about to continue it, somebody's in front of you, you, and you feel compelled to deal with that, then you postpone the texting. 
then you're elegant as a communicator. You may say, ah, I got caught up. Nevertheless, what's up? Or if really it was pushed a little bit, she was waiting for a response, you go, all right, I'll take it, even though I dislike it. I, I deserve my spanking. Uh-huh. Totally spaced out. And little comments like that. And now you're matching more the level of the hot girl. Because uh, at the level, to go back on the topic, thank you, Akash, for the question. Ask more if you wish. You always bring so much to the call. So to come back to the topic of tense, it's important to also match how they go about it. See, if we are overly generous with a person that is not, we're creating an imbalance. If we're overly polite with a person that is not, we're creating an imbalance. On the other hand, if we're not polite with a person who is not, at some point they're going to get fed up. So one key to communicate more efficiently is to know who you are dealing with. So the problem with tens is that there are many exceptions. But for the most part, guys, guys treat them in ways that they would not treat the guy that way initially. So automatically, it creates an imbalance. What other questions do you have, guys? Let's make some true headways. I had to mute one person, a 914 number. You can unmute yourself by pressing star six. I also had to unmute, uh, no, also 908, you are muted. 914, you muted. 908, you are muted. Press star six if you wish to ask a question. Everybody else, what questions would you have? (laughs) Welcome to the call. We're opening the floor for questions, different angles, topics. Until questions come, and you're welcome to interrupt me at any time, we're addressing a deep topic this weekend. I'm doing an event featuring AZD. I want to open your minds to it. No matter how solid we are or we think we are in an idea, automatically, if it's a little different than what most people or pretty much everybody else would be thinking we are unconsciously, subconsciously impacted by the opposite thinking. It's important to know that. Many men ask, how do you tell a girl that you want to be with other women? Well, whatever you deep down inside, 100%, you yourself agree with, are convinced of, It's not even a question. You voice it freely to others. So the root to this challenge starts with the fact that you are probably not organically 100% convinced deep down inside yourself that it's okay to do that. Why? Because people who think like that are a minority. And whatever is a minority is still impacted by the majority. We call it collective consciousness, the thinking of others. So the point that I want to make is that you need to know that no matter how much you may desire something, for example, back to the topic of a 10, 
You know you desire a 10. But what has society told you? That you had to be a physical match to her, and you are not that physical match. But society, society's idea that you have to be a physical match to her is a lie. That was good. What was good? Eight three two. Sorry, what man. was good? You got to tell us. It's so Sorry, good. man. I made it. <laughs> ah. Okay, so questions. I'm opening a lot of doors. Turn it into an interaction with me. Hello, Vince? Yes, please. Hey, this is Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Quick question. Uh, if, if you, let's say if there's a six or seven and, you know, you're, you're feeling, you know, you, you don't feel, I guess, nervous or edgy versus a, you know, you see a 10 and automatically you think, oh, wow, she's too good or something like that. And you get that uh, feeling, you know, that nervousness. What, uh, how do you minimize that or what should be going through your mind? Or how do you, like, uh, get that down where you're, uh, you know, where, where, where you're uh, feeling confident and good. Uh, There's quite a few pieces to that puzzle. Okay. Quite a few pieces. I would, I would simplify and start with a common understanding. There are places, Sam, where you have acquired in life quite a level of proficiency. Many of us have been trained to be either modest about where we are skilled, or we are demanding on ourselves. So we may not feel like we're that good at it, but I bet uh, in your work or different disciplines, things that I or others have not visited the way you have, uh, you're more proficient than us. Okay? So where you are more proficient, guaranteed, your overall explanation of what you need to do, the approach to it uh, is a little more thorough uh, and accurate than uh, someone who's never done it. For example, uh, if someone is a police officer and every day for the past two decades they have shown up at work and they know the aspect of the paperwork and things that they don't even show in movies. And uh, me, the only reference that I have is Seeing it in a movie, it's two completely different realities. So first and foremost, uh, if you present it to yourself the way you presented it, it's lacking the element of being accurate enough so you can make true headways with it. So the first step would be to begin to open some, some doors. You already have some answers in what you said. Personally, one thing that has helped me more than anything through time is to observe with a sense of possibility and flexibility. I explain that. So yes, I too would notice that my communication, the way I would feel, the way I would think, 
all aspects of it, most aspects of it, would be very different in the presence of what most would say is a six or a little old lady or a buddy that I'm comfortable with and a girl that would appear to be beautiful. So what I started to observe is, okay, what is different? What do you do differently? How do you think about it differently? Turn it into a study. So during the days to come after you listen to this, playfully interact if you see somebody that's quite a bit and friendly, but really not appealing to you physically, then speak to them and, and observe a little bit beyond the surface. Don't think that what's happening is something that you have zero control over. Notice the details of your angle, your frame. What if the person doesn't really respond? What meaning do you attach to that? And then compare it with what you do differently. Know also that you, you have more flexibility, meaning you are not bound to, uh, okay, if let's say you see a 10, there, there are girls that can impact us in whatever way. I live in Hollywood, so it's not uncommon for me to notice a celebrity or to notice a group of women that are all absolutely stunning looking now. In all honesty, I don't treat them from the get-go as if they were a group of little old ladies coming out of bingo. But I have learned that what may come first, me feeling a little destabilized, is not owning me. That if I do something as simple as ease my shoulder, take a breath, and pull my energy back within and maybe bring my focus back to me instead of saying, wow, she's hot, or however it may be said, because it's not always words. Sometimes it's like a feeling. Sometimes it's a picture that comes to mind. Sometimes it's a recall. That's why the more you study it, the more you become aware of subtle little manifestation. Often I notice that it's not that I look and I go, oh my God, she's so hot, but my body recalls other moments from a quite some time ago when I would witness beauty and I didn't really know what to do. And that recall is kind of a blend of a fast picture that sometimes I cannot even process consciously and a feeling. So it's intricate. So if I detect any of that, Maybe I bring that back to, oh, look at you. You like beauty. And I give the compliment to myself. So I would urge genuinely, 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 anyone who is still wrestling with that, well, if it's a six, then I'm one way. If it's a 10, I'm another way. To as rapidly as you can acquire, speak to me, that resource that was created with 10 treatments, 10 missions to put things back in place because one thing you got to realize, it's a hypnotic illusion. It is not reality. It is not the first step that you got to take. You got to at least open your mind to the following realization. When you are not feeling comfortable with a beautiful woman. 
It is not truth right there. You're buying into falseness. If at least you open your mind to that. And then we begin to recover truth. One truth is also, I give you that challenge. Everybody who's interested in 10. Speak to 10 tens a day for the next 10 days. Now, we are not suggesting do, try to do a perfect pickup. There's no such thing. Ten tens could even include, uh, once you'll find out the purpose of this experiment, it could even include asking them what time it is or asking for bogus direction. But you got to do ten tens for ten days. So that means you will interact with a hundred tens, and we're not even talking flirt, do pickup, make a comment, or anything. It's just so your mind can realize that if you do, indeed, and you're probably going to come close, and few are going to do it. But they say, we got a crazy guy that's committed, and he's fed up to be in that position, and he's really willing to take action to change that. And he takes it seriously. Maybe he doesn't do 100, but maybe he interacts with at least 50 to 60, 10, and he's clear in his mind, if my hands are shaking, if I get a little weird, if it feels slightly embarrassing, it's okay. That's not the purpose. He's also aware enough to know that many of the times during our lives, maybe probably during the course of one day, where we go through a similar little level of what could feel embarrassing or we, we, we sense ourselves being a little awkward, but we don't make such a big deal out of it. Today I went to a gas station, I purchased something, the guy was like semi-present, it felt a little weird, I could sense he probably didn't really like me or didn't really have a very good day, it felt a little off, same thing happened when I went to buy a ladder, at some point I bought a ladder today at Home Depot, a couple of people over there, you know, we were a little bit of a mismatch, or maybe it's my fucking imagination, but a couple of times I didn't feel super comfortable interacting with other individuals, but it's not such a big deal. So you're willing to do that. What will come to mind is the fact that you will have a variety of responses. One of them might be surprisingly super friendly. One of them might be shy. One of them might be bizarre. One of them might give you a clue that she's not very bright. They are human. The flesh is only a small, a fragment. How often, for example, we're not going to talk at the level of appearance, but how often are you so preoccupied, if you're listening, you're preoccupied, you're in your head and you're not even aware of your surroundings, even less of your body. That's quite frequent. It takes working on it. It takes meditating. It takes paying attention to it. It takes studying it. So that means that She's not constantly aware of her body, her beauty. If she becomes aware of it, how are beautiful women aware of their beauty? How? Oh, we don't know. We're not a beautiful woman unless you're a beautiful woman listening to me. If you're a beautiful woman listening to me, you may not admit it in front of your girlfriend or in front of people you're trying to impress, but I know exactly how you're experiencing your beauty. It's almost like a curse. It's almost like a burden. It's almost like a man who made or a person who made a lot of money, but it's such a liability. 
It's almost like me and my fucking crazy pink mohawk. It takes so much maintenance. I have to constantly pay attention to it. Once in a while, I have a guy whose head is shaved that tells me, man, that's cool hair. I wish I had hair like that. And I say, well, <laughs> yours is practical. Trust me. Some days when I got to protect myself from the shower and I'm sleeping all awkward to not mess up my hair, uh, I think, wow, it'd be pretty simple if I could just pass my head underneath the water. It's a silly example. You find your own, but you got to understand that beauty will first make you very self-conscious. If, if a girl is a six and she has a fucking pimple, so what? She already has probably love handles and it's not such a big deal for her. If a girl is a 10 and she has a pimple, that's going to be her fucking obsession throughout the day. And if it's not the pimple, it's going to be her comparing herself with what in her own mind is a little bit more beautiful than her. And, you know, when it's close but not quite, it's like an athlete. If an athlete is just playing for fun and he will never make it to the Olympics, it's one thing. But if one is in the Olympic and they usually come number four, number five, and they, here's that motherfucker number one, when will it be me? It should be me. If you're in business, you know what it's like. If you're in business and you're not currently number one, you know how much it drives you fucking crazy. So all of that is omitted. Give yourself the gift of that 10-day challenge, 10 tens. We're not even talking pickup. The goal is for you to consciously, so it can deepen a subconscious realization, recognize that it, it's all, all types. You could have a six that turns around and she's the rudest or most stuck-up woman. You also need to further qualify. You know, we cannot stereotype. Personally, I use the terminology 10 because that's, I didn't create that. I, I don't talk. I don't go, ooh, look at that 10. I've never done that, and I discourage doing that. Well, Vince, why do you have a pro program called Pride with 10? For the purpose of creating a mutual understanding. Yet, we cannot just see beauty as beauty. You got to know there's different categories. And there's one category that's a, a little bit annoying to deal with. But you got to recognize it for what it is, and you got to see its weakness and also know that it's probably not what you're looking for because you're too genuine as a man. You still get tens, but not that type. Because that's a mistake I made for a long time. I saw all tens as the worst tens. So they can be a person, but it could also be a man, or trust me, it could also be a very ugly-looking person who is very ego centric, the worst aspect of it, meaning they're not feeling good to be themselves. They come from a place of disgusting uh, discrimination of others. They are extremely narcissistic. It, it spells all sorts of psychological challenges that if they were to be psychoanalyzed by a person who's not impacted by their beauty, it would be quite a disaster. And if you were to see the report, then you would be surprised to later on find out what the person looked like. They're a small category. They don't handle their beauty well. They are as pretentious as can be, but it's a defect. It doesn't feel good being that. It's not recommended. This is not the growth of humanity. And it's a very small fragment. There's the category right next to that. They are, they are not that. 
but they behave a little bit like that because they're a little bit at loss. For them, see, that first category is they don't have much probably inner game. So they rely only on what they kind of know, which is I'm beautiful, which is very annoying and should be discouraged. And even if you end up with that, it's not going to be interesting and it's going to be more of a turmoil than a pleasant experience. That is the 2.7% that is referred to in many statistics at all levels. I'm sure you have heard that uh, the world consists of 2.7% of people uh, who are actually pretty off, evil. Those would be dictators, those would be uh, serial killers, and so on. 2.7. Then the top, 2.7 people, those would be the Mother Teresa's of the world, those who really, those who really want to make a difference. Okay? And then the rest, they're kind of in between. So there we're talking about the 2.7% of tens that are off, but I don't know if you're the same. I'd be curious. You can tell me. For me, I made the mistake often to think that all tens were like that because in my attempts to connect, I encountered that type with a small percentage, and it surprised me. It was unpleasant to deal with that type. They did not honor the fact that I am a human being, and it imprinted me a little more deeply, and I created a silly generation generalization in my head. Then the second type that I was talking about, they're a little bit at loss. It's almost like the, the guy had a shit car for his whole life. Suddenly he gets a beautiful car. He shows up at the valley. Everybody's looking at him. He's not used to get that kind of attention. He doesn't really know how to handle it. So he's a little bit overly pride. It shows he's blushing a little bit. It's not natural. His unease makes others not be at ease. It comes short. So there, it's kind of cute. Okay, you got the body, but you're not sure how to, uh, to handle it. You, you almost need like a little, little class about it. And then, and then, and then, you know, my girlfriend, when I first met her, my current girlfriend, all my colleagues and all people with high standards, they go, wow, Vince, she's beautiful. We put pictures on uh, Facebook, and I have women, uh, family members who go, oh, she's so beautiful. She is so sweet. She is so loving. She's so real. She's also quite shy. And there's many times like that. A girl that I've been with throughout the years on many occasions is a woman also who, uh, if she really pushes it, she could be the next guest spokesperson. She's got that type, guest top model. You dress her up a little bit, she, she, she could play Marilyn Monroe in a movie. She really has the body. But... She does not believe in discriminating that way. She's very real. She's extremely spiritual. Uh, she takes trips to Tibet. She's very organic, very genuine with people and so on. She will put a guy back in place, but almost like the opposite. Uh, or she will tell a guy, relax, relax, speak to me as a human being. So there's all those types, watch generalizing and viewing it all as just one Type. Okay, so I think that wraps up our call for tonight. Allow me to make a very, very genuine recommendation. Okay, number one, brand new site, VinceKelvin.com. VinceKelvin.com. It's brand new. We're still tweaking it. Visit 
Uh, it's got all the resources, how you can start to teach, pick up yourself in seduction by becoming a trainer. We train trainers. We've trained some of the top trainers on the planet, uh, doing one-on-one private boot camps, boot camps event, all the resources. There is a blog. There's free articles about anxiety and so on. Go see it. Uh, more recent events where the Thrive Boot Camp, if you're a regular, contact me. Let's make sure you get that. The upcoming, uh, we just did the threesome one, and the upcoming one with AZD this weekend is Be True to You, Freedom from False Moral of the Masses. We're still not truly fully aligned and one with our own sexual desires, preferences, and more than we know it, we're impacted subconsciously by what may people think and so on. It's a beautiful call. I thank you, everybody. And we're on every week. Pass the word. This has been the longest-lasting resources of its type. This podcast started in 2004 and going stronger than ever. Good night. Thank you, everyone.